What's up, family and friends? Let me tell you this. I think it's another day where we're just done talking and we're absolutely ready for the season to begin. All the predictions, they're cool. All of the speak where who's going to be dominating, who's going to be bad, all that. We know we're just tired. We're so close to week zero here for the ACC. Got two good teams that are ready to roll in week zero, but everyone else, they're gearing up for what should be a really good Labor Day weekend. We're going to bring AJ Black in the building. He's going to talk to us about some predictions, of course, but more than that, Maybe what he's seen with his own, too. So let's get things started. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by AJ Black of Locked On Boston College. If the background looks a little different, I am out in Utah for the week, so we are going to rock and roll from there. But nevertheless, we get things done, as we always do here at Locked On ACC, because you make us your first listen each and every day, and you make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave five stars, we like all the things, and you share it with your friends, because it's not enough to have the loyal friends. We appreciate y'all through and through, but you got to let other people know just how good of a time we have over here at Locked on ACC podcast. So as we kick things off, we bring AJ Black to the stage. AJ, thanks so much for joining us once again. I really appreciate having you. Oh, I'm so glad to be back, Candice. Um, so I was thinking of you today. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've talked a lot about um, chopped suey sandwiches. Yes. And my favorite bit, the business that created them up in the North Shore, uh, the owner retired on Sunday. Oh, wow. And I, I went up there on Saturday, stood in line for 45 minutes. Did but, you? Was um, it a good last one of that business anyway? I was so hot standing in line. My <laughs> wife made me do it because she okay. wanted one. And they have you can get it regular or with the crunchy lo mein noodles on it. Week When we went the week before, she got it without the crunchy lo mein noodles. She was upset <laughs> about it. So I did that for her. But the, the story about the links back to football. Yes. So you'll find this funny. Um I had tweeted something out about one of BC's starting wide receivers being out and mm-hmm. Halfley's comments on it. Mm-hmm. His dad said, don't worry about it, AJ. He just read your comments about the low main, uh, chow main uh, sandwiches and he, he ain't feeling right anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's hitting the BC football team too. They're even hearing about my chop soup telling you. discussions. <laughs> it is infamous around here. If you guys have not yet had chop suey sandwich, I promise today I go to Chestnut Hill. That's the first thing I'm doing. I'm getting myself a chop suey sandwich because it's all the right. Please just Google it. I encourage everyone to just Google what it looks like and then see for yourself if you're down for the count. <laughs> AJ and wife, they're clearly at low main chip. Is it what'd you say? Low main crispy? Chow main. Uh, chop chop suey. Chop suey. Well, what is the low main pieces? You so, like- you know, like you ever, if you ever go to like a Chinese restaurant, you get those like crunchy like, yep. noodles. It's just basically yeah. that crunched on top of the sandwich. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I didn't go that route. I think honestly, anything that makes you happy these days, if it's a chop suey sandwich with some lo mein crunch, 
go for it. I know what's going to make me all the wiser and all the happier is when I have some ACC football. Everything's going our way. Football and fall is just synonymous with good times. And we've got a lot of things to go over here for ACC. We are going over ESPN article. Shout out to our friends over there who gave us a little insight with Andrea Adelson and David M. Hale who gave us some thought starters, right? We love to have some thought starters while we're talking here on the show. And one of the biggest questions, of course, we talked a lot this week about Clemson. We had J.J. Jackson yesterday who said, look, Clemson's just good. They're better than everybody else, and I don't know why you guys are acting like things have changed that much. First question out the gate, does Clemson return to form? Did they ever really leave? Because 10 wins feels like, you know, pretty good form. But I guess when you're at national championship level and you're sort of on the Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia cusp, a national championship or nothing is really the standard at your university. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, I mean, they didn't feel like an elite team last year. You know, the Clemson that I always remember when I think of like Clemson at their top was like, I don't want to bring them up, but like Sean Watson years, Taj Mm -hmm. Boyd, even Trevor you know, and Trevor Lawrence, some of those mm-hmm. times where they were so well balanced on both sides of the ball. Their defense was great. They had guys like Christian Wilkins and, you know, some of those t- defensive lines that Brent Venables put together. And then they had an offense that could complement it with really good wide receivers and running backs along with good quarterbacks. I mean, they were just really balanced last year. It didn't feel that way. It felt like they were a very good defense. The offense did what it needed to do against a lot of, you know, opponents that struggled. You know, there were games where they just didn't look like a team that belonged in the same breath as Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, those, you know, the the real top, top notch schools. So I think, you know, their expectations are so high. You know, they're, they're, they, and that's great for their program, right? Their expectations are so high that anything less than that feels like it's an off year for them. Even if they do win 10 games, you know, they want, they want to go 11 and one. No, anything less than that is, is disappointing. And, you know, could they do it this year? I mean, that defense is, is so unbelievable that I, it, it very well could. So in the same way that we tell Wake Forest defense to match the energy of the offense, it's sort of like we need Clemson's offense to match the energy of what should be a really good defense. But even more than that, I feel like this is Dabo's like pop the collar type season where he's going to say, don't ever doubt me again. Right. This is going to be Dabo season. So where he says, yeah, you guys scoffed at 10 wins and here I am back at college football playoffs. Like, good Lord, can y'all just please relax? There are things that growth, growing pains. People go through adaptations and you just have to be patient. But in due time, I'm going to bring you a national championship back. And like it reminds me of my Giants, like every seven to 12 to 14 years, maybe we'll get a Super Bowl. Right. And I'm patient. I'm cool. I'm whatever. Like 2011. Here we go. Like We're on the track of maybe getting it back in the conversation. So maybe Dabo's just saying, don't ever doubt me again after this one. I don't know. He and he he does an excellent job at, as a motivator to play the mm-hmm. to 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 play the you guys hate you guys you guys <laughs> play uh, cue us in as the underdog even when yeah. really they're never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. he does it to an extent that it works with his team and yeah, and that's good. I mean, that's what good coaching is about, right? You find what motivates your players. You've got all these blue chips that have always been the top. And when they hear that they're not the top again, it's going to get them a little kick in the butt to do better. And 
Dabo has been able to key in that for, for what, like 15, 20 years now. Yeah. And, you know, I think Dabo's one of the best in the game. And I also look to guys like Mac Brown, except Mac Brown can sell it like Dabo sells it, except Dabo's teams can actually back it up. Like all tea, all shade towards my Tar Heels, because I think Mac Brown can make you believe that you can fly, right? He can make you believe you are Jordan jumping out the gym. You got to play, didn't do that on Saturdays. And Dabo has really perfected the art of making these kids feel like they could do it and deliver, and they ultimately end up doing so. So I'm feeling like, okay, that's the sort of recipe towards all these ACC, ACC schools this season. But there's another team on the flip side as we look to coastal conversations Miami, who has been the top of it. Under year one in crystal ball, there's a lot of pressure for this guy in year one, it seems. And especially being a Miami guy and understanding what the standard is and the forever conversations about them being back. Have we put too much pressure under for Mario crystal ball? And should we kind of just relax and set expectations? Or is that possible with Miami? I don't know. I mean, I, I there are fan base that's kind of sleepy right now. And, and I think they're going to wake up and they're starting to wake up. So I think... Yeah. It's the perfect opportunity for him to kind of have high expectations, but like a fan base that isn't going to freak out like, you know, Auburn where yeah. you have one bad season and they want fired or Florida state. Like they, they, he's got, he's got a little bit of wiggle room here, but I think he also has a talented roster enough that, uh, that that's talented enough to, to, to rise to that expectation and a schedule minus a few, you know, a tough out of conference game, that he he should be able to to manage, yeah. and that's going to set Miami up to to get success. And you know, with Mario, all it takes is this one season. Yeah, Miami's got so much momentum going. A, a big year, whether it's just winning the coastal or getting to the you know get, getting to the ACC championship game or even winning it. Yeah, that's going to get that's going to get that ball rolling again down there in Coral Gables, and it, the pressure is there, but. I feel like it's a manageable pressure in Miami where it's not going to be insane. And I think that will make coached at Alabama. He coached at Oregon. He's been there. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be able to handle it. And I think he's got a quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, who I expect will be able to manage and match that pressure. Absolutely. And he has the right recruiting talent. He has bringing the right energy back and making people actually excited about the team, which has been something lost upon them for quite some time. But I'm full agreement. I think that there's just the right amount of expectations there for Mario Cristobal. But we're going to jump into some more conversations, mainly the one that everyone knows around the ACC. The quarterbacks are the talk of the town here in our conference. But first, I'm going to remind you guys that, you know, you're hanging out with some friends and putting a few drinks back. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or even you could possibly kill someone. Everyone knows about the everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're it's okay to have a few drinks after a night's dinner, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. 
We're rocking and rolling here with AJ Black of Locked On Boston College. And we know that the season is gearing up and it should be a good one. So we always encourage you guys to be safe, drink responsibly and do all the things and get excited for what will be a good year for the ACC, especially because the high flying quarterbacks and the high flying offense that we all have come to love in recent years is going to be in full effect for this conference. And I think the emerging quarterbacks who have been at the top of conversations are some that, you know, I know we always talk about highs campaigns too early but Devin Leary he's the one that came out the gate starting his first one and I see why he, I don't see why he shouldn't yeah I mean that that's the there is is Devin Leary what surprised me about Hale's column was I, I believe he put his top his all-conference team and he had Malik Cunningham as his yeah. all-ACC quarterback if if I was a betting man I would put my money on Devin Leary right now yeah because I, I think he he does a lot more on a better team. Uh, he's gonna get. He's gonna get. I I think he's in in line for some big pro, high profile wins. I think you know they're they have every good. They have as good of a chance of beating Clemson as any other team on Clemson's schedule. Yeah. Um, they go in there win that game. Top twenty five team. You know Devin Larry could be in the talk of the Heisman. But I don't want to. I don't want um, you know poo poo on Malik Cunningham either because. <laughs> Guy can make plays. The guy yeah. is electric, and Absolutely. if he takes that step in the right direction, um, and adds a little bit maybe to his passing game, he could be dangerous. A he could be real dangerous. Here, and yeah. I like his. I like his play. He's a guy that just you know can make a lot out of nothing, and that makes him one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC too. Yeah, I mean, they Hale spoke highly of Brendan Armstrong, Devin Leary, you know, DJ Uyunglele. And Jordan Travis, who was a bit surprising, but for my Florida State fans who, you know, pretty much know that the, you got your guys who are top tier, you got your ones who are just like that arm is golden, don't need to see nothing else. You got your guys who pretty much are running backs at best that can you know, throw at times, right? And I think mm-hmm. there's a nice little mix for Jordan Travis. He's able to yep. throw, make some really good throws. And hell, I've seen it with my own two eyes in Florida State UNC matchups. And then he's able to run you right out the gym. So I, or, I should say field rather because it's football, but I think that Jordan is going to maybe surprise some folks this year, or we're just going to know where we stand with him in that defense at Florida state is going to step up a bit. And Norvell is going to see, find himself with seven or eight wins. And at least that'll make them not happy, but content. We cannot be super angry. like we were for Florida state. I was really impressed with Jordan Travis last year. I, I, when he played BC in Chestnut Hill, he took that, you know, Jermaine Johnson, their defensive lineman, who was a first round draft pick, was amazing on defense. But Jordan Travis on offense, anytime BC could get anything going, he answered back immediately. Mm-hmm. And it was with good passing, good footwork. Like he has it. Like he, yeah. and it, I think it, for him, it's just more consistency throughout the season. But if he, he that makes him even that more dangerous. And I, I feel like I go on this podcast and try to downplay BC a lot. I don't give them a lot of credit. But Do I feel you? like it's a, I do. I don't. I, and this podcast, I, I sound like a honk <laughs> on BC sometimes. But um, I feel like I, I, Phil Dracovic's not getting a lot of credit uh, yeah. at this point because if he goes out yeah. there, yeah, if, if he goes out there and is healthy this year, he has it with Zay Flowers and some really good. I think he has some pretty good wide receivers at BC. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can survive with that offensive line, and I think they'll be okay. That's listen to Lockdown BC. I've talked about the offensive line for like weeks. If they're okay, he could become one of the best in, in the in the conference. He has the he has the the natural ability and 
the physical ability to do a lot of things that some of the other quarterbacks in this conference can't do. Yeah. And I think that makes him really dangerous. And I don't feel, I feel like he, he's like at the bottom, of a lot of piles, but like when you talk to scouts, they let some scouts are like, he's a first round draft pick. People need to start talking about Phil Dracovic. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just, I hate how much it hinges on his health because mm-hmm. he is a world star, you know, quarterback. And I think he is one of the best, if not the best in the conversation. He just hasn't had the time to have the resume that of course, Devin Leary and Brendan Armstrong who have been there quite some time have had the opportunity to get. So, you know, this is the, if there was ever a year, Bill, I'm listening. I'm, you know, you're listening. Cause I know you listen to the show. This is the year to get it done. But, you know, of course, the darkest horse, who's not really dark, he's he'd been on the scene with his gangster lean. Tyler Van Dyke, mm. I think, is going to be one of the quarterbacks that everyone either says, well, damn, Miami really is back. Or, hey, you know, not for nothing. You did you did what you could. You're, you clearly got some tape on you now. You've been exposed a little bit. Now we can kind of set you up from a defensive standpoint for other teams across the league. I'm just getting excited talking about how close we are to these games coming up. <laughs> like I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the article and it's like, oh, LSU versus Florida State. I'm gonna watch that. And you know, that. speaking of LSU, Florida State, that's so good that you segue to that. Can we take a little pause? I know that Miles Brennan decided not to play anymore, but a lot of people are real confident that Florida State is going to beat the brakes off of LSU. And I just was curious, is your thought on that? Um, I, it all depends on how Jaden Daniels, the new quarterback at LSU, looks like. And can I give a yeah. shout out to Miles Brennan, please, for getting all those NIL deals? Did you see the list <laughs> of what he got? Yeah. They were all guaranteed with no, uh, from what what I've heard, no, um, backups in case he didn't play. Yeah, all that money, no matter what's happening. Which is great. Great. uh, What's it called? Fine print. I think that's an excellent idea for you. And I encourage a lot of guys (laughs) to sign contracts that way, because like we talk about Phil Jacobic, you never know what's going to happen. And you shouldn't have your finances depend on whether or not you play or your health or all the things. But in the same token, you know, when we work, we don't get we don't get paid when we don't work. So I'm on the I'm on the fence. But anyways, back to Florida State and LSU. (laughs) That's gonna. I'm already thinking. I'm like, that's gonna be a heck of a game. Yeah, I think Uh, Labor Labor Day weekend is gonna be nuts. Yep, and I will be actually. I'm gonna probably be at the Rutgers game for BC. I'm not gonna actually cover it. I think my uh, co-host is gonna do it because it's the one game this year I can go to. BC has like five night games, and I can't kick my kids to any night game because he's gonna (laughs) fall asleep. So Rutgers is at noon. I was like, okay, yeah. well, we're going to go to the Rutgers game. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'll be a great opportunity for them to you know, go yep. to some football games. But what I was getting at is, you know, while those games are going on, like you've got Brian Kelly versus, you know, uh, Mike Norvell. And LSU is a team I don't think people should be sleeping on. And they've got a lot of talent. They've got a receiver on that roster. And, you know, Jaden Daniels – He's got a lot of potential. Haven't seen it yet, uh, but it really is going to show what FSU has. It's going to be a yeah. really good test to see if FSU really is going on the rise or if we should kind of maybe mitigate our expectations of them. No doubt. So we're looking here at the five must-see games, according to the article that we pulled up here from ESPN. And we just want to make sure that we have it on your radars because it's certainly on ours here at Locked On ACC. We're talking to A.J. Black from Locked On Boston College. And one of the first games they have on the list is West Virginia at Pitt, which to me, let's get that backyard brawl going on again September 1st. I'm ready to roll. I think that's going to be an excellent, hey, Pitt's here. 
can be a very dominant team no matter who's on the on the docket and we're ready to roll or it says all right there's some flaws there you know they got they got some things they have to work on oh that's gonna be awesome i mean i got into into bc sports when they when west virginia and Pitt were part of the big east and this was an, an annual game mm-hmm. this this gives me shivers this game like <laughs> I, you know, this, these are two fan bases that hate each other and it's going to be fun. And West has, I'm feeling that they have a lot of high expectations this year. They have JT Daniels at quarterback, a transfer from uh, Georgia, who was supposed to be their starting quarterback last year. So they've got, you know, a five-star there against Keaton Slovis, who was um, actually, they were both, I I see at the same time too, but uh, years ago. It's going to be a fun matchup, and the fans are going to be nuts. And yeah. this game is on a Thursday night, so it's going to be a really round. And two teams, like Pitt, is had you know the T champions against West Virginia, who badly want this win. It's going to be a fun. That's going to be a. It, it's as much C as it can get, and it's on prime time on a night that there's no other games. Everyone's going to be watching this. Absolutely. And we touched a lot on that Florida State LSU game, but another game to mention September 17th when Miami goes to Texas A&M. And we all know that the Aggies are certainly feeling a way of not of not being top you know, four teams in the conversation here. And certainly Miami, this is the great game to say, hey, we're really back. The SEC can suck it. You know, we're, we're here to make a big stake in the claim for Miami to be one of the best in the business. Yeah, this is the battle of two teams that are into college football playoff talk. And, uh, I mean, they have. I mean, Texas A&M just bought the number one recruiting class in the country, Miami. They are, you know, paying. They're they're two – well, let me phrase it in a less negative way. They're both putting the money in to to make themselves contenders again. And, you know, it's going to be – it'll be a really fascinating – in a better spot because – you know, Miami's done a nice job through the transfer portal on both the defensive and offensive side of the ball. Texas A&M, I mean, they're, the defensive line that they brought in in that class of 21 is absurd. And I don't know yeah. if they're going to be ready to go now, but in a year or two, that team is going to be, I mean, ridiculous mm-hmm. in terms of the talent line. And I bet some of them are going to come out this year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. And Texas A&M is always weird. Other than Johnny Manziel when he was there, They've never been able to figure out anything on offense that doesn't look like kind of disjointed. <laughs> their, yeah. their offense are always, you know, Kellen Mund and they never <laughs> looked right. And so it'll be interesting to see if, if Jimbo can actually get that going this year because that could be a key in this game. It's a sort of offense to counteract Tyler Van Dyke and the, and the Canes. No doubt. All right. Then we have probably the most important game, in my opinion, in the entire league. It'll be NC State at Clemson in Death Mm -hmm. Valley. We had all the hype last year of Clemson going to NC State, and now NC State is the team of returners. Can they go to Death Valley and win? And win, it doesn't have to be a lot. Just could be a field goal, right? They've done it. They've been close before. Can Mm -hmm. it be a win where NC State finally puts themselves into a consistently high standard conversation right now, after this win, you can't say, Oh, well, NC State is a fluke. They had all the, you know, whatever pieces last season, all the injuries, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, NC State is actually a viable opponent every single year. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be a massive game and yeah. one that ACC fans are going to circle, you know, after last year, I think it was, was it two overtimes that. <laughs> yes. And 
a fun game and this one's in death valley obviously i bet it'll be a night game guessing mm-hmm. maybe with um college game being there if both teams are doing well it's it's going to be a matchup of where the two teams are in terms of their their dominance in the conference and you know it's going to be the i think the biggest question mark will be nc state's offensive line how are they going to be able to handle themselves against that uh, clemson defense if they can if they can do that yeah no nc state's offense is good enough to win this but 100%. i'm gonna spin this back to bc if clemson wins this game i didn't even realize this when i looked at the schedule i miss <laughs> i miss stuff like this sometimes it's okay. bc plays clemson the week of this mm-hmm. so if clemson goes off on a high win here they go to bc and at boston college for the red bandana game at nighttime a week after that hello letdown game if clemson beats nc state yeah, Whew. Well, and I think trap game all over that. Yeah, I think Boston College definitely could find themselves in a good position because they could have probably given all their blood, sweat, and tears to that NC State yep. matchup for Clemson. So, yeah, it's definitely something to keep in mind. And, of course, right. the fifth game that they said to look after was the Clemson at Notre Dame game. A lot of people, shout out to Paul Feinbaum, who said, listen, I'm yeah. really confused as to how in Notre Dame is the number five team in the country. I'm not going to disargue with him. I like I don't try to disrespect our cousins. You know, our cousins adjacent, people who should be in the ACC, but they're playing games. Like, they're our cousins. Like, we have to acknowledge them, whatever. Good game, of course, but even better game in the sense of if Clemson dominates, which I'm hoping so, we can say, hey, buddy, just come on in. Come on in the house. Like, let me, let's like groom you so you can figure out how to be an ACC champion, all the things, all the things. It'll never happen, but you know, we can throw it out there in the universe. That's going to be a game you bet, you better bet the, the under on. The, <laughs> Notre Dame doesn't, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, the, you know, they got a brand new quarterback they just named yeah. him this week. Um, but, both teams have maulers on that defensive line. And if it's, if it's DJ versus this new quarterback at Notre Dame, it's going to be a low scoring game, but it'll be, it'll, it'll be, if you like defense, it should be a fun game to watch. I think. Yes. And I, I'm excited for that one. I, you know, anytime those two teams play, I, I, I always go back to the, you know, 2020, we're all stuck inside. We can't go to the games because you know, there was no attendance at a lot of them. Yeah. The, the Notre Dame and Clemson games where they actually had fans at, um, watching those games that first yeah. one dj played at was so fun to watch yeah yeah it was like a walking covid such it was like a super spreader event but here we are mm-hmm. we're here now we're, we're embracing it you know what's a little monkey pox anybody you know just kidding please guys <laughs> be safe out here if you got if you do whatever you need to do to stay safe and sane but we wrap all that up to say there's so many games we're so freaking close to getting the season started. I'm chomping at the bit. Maybe not necessarily with the chop suey, but I'm chomping at the bit ah. here <laughs> for a good, good year. AJ, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, Keen. Please remind these folks where they can find you, follow your work. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the host of Locked On Boston College. If you want insider information, I'm credentialed me- member of media. I've been at um, most of the practices so far. I've been able to talk to the staff and players. Um and I'll be at, you know, covering BC for Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. If you want e- e- uh, insider BC information, go to follow me on Twitter at a- AJ Black underscore BC. No doubt. Guys, come back tomorrow. We are going to talk to Jersey Drake. We're going to talk a little bit of Freestyle Friday in the building. We're going to make sure that you're all ready and covered betting-wise as you kind of start your predictions, you start your score, you start writing things out. So check us out there. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave five stars. YouTube is right there for you. Share our content for Candace Cooper and AJ Black. Until